guys and girls and everybody. This is Lissa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like The Bitch Seat going, keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. It's cold outside today. So put on your uh, put on your puffy coat. Yep, and uh, you know, uh, I don't know what else. I don't know. Your puffy coat, your gloves. Well, did you ever have the snow pants (sighs) that were like suspenders underneath? They match the puffy coat like a whole ski suit. I I never went skiing, but I did have a a matching snowsuit. I loved snowsuits because one of my favorite movies is Empire Strikes Back, and so I just felt like. I had my own sort of getup for for Echo Base, you know. Like, yeah, you were prepared. I was for always all the lasers. I was very prepared, but um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the pants. I enjoyed the pants a lot. I know, especially especially when you put them on, and then well, we had a we had a little swing set in my backyard that had a slide on it, and so when there was a fresh snow, the first my brother and I would fight over who got to slide down the slide first and push all that fresh snow out of the way in the snow pants. Nice. I kind of wish I still had snow pants now. You could. It's never too late. I mean, I'm sure they make snow kids snow pants in your size. You are, yeah, like fat kid. No, I'm saying like, like you're, extra, you're a tiny large person, child. No. <laughs> anyway, I miss those days. Yeah. Um. Maybe uh, by the time this airs on December 11th, there will be snow on the ground, but don't probably not. Probably not. I don't want it to snow on my birthday. Your birthday is the sixth. The sixth. Not so the... there's. Yeah, I know. I know that. Would it be there's magical like a... if you had snow on your birthday? Yeah, there was snow on my birthday one time. I totaled my car in it. Okay, but like, what if you didn't drive that day? What if you just went outside and made snow angels? Phil? There's no way I can't drive. There's like, no way. I will. There will always be a okay, reason that I gotta drive somewhere. let's pray. Okay, little bit of business, you listeners. As you know, <clears throat> from the last time, Phil and I are driving cross-country, leaving January 15th to go to LA, where we will continue the bitch seat empire. However, we will be driving across that country in the middle of the winter, and I have no We're more idea. We're like a rebel alliance. We're like a bitch seat rebellion. We are. We are the bitch seat yeah, rebellion. I like that. Empire is too. Okay, fair enough. The word empire. I feel like mortified. Mortified is an empire. We. We're not picking any fights here. A rebellion. Okay. All right. Fine. Producer Kent will cut that bit. Anyway. Uh, uh, anyway, Phil. Um, uh. I, I hope we have good weather when we go west. But anyway, so, yeah, so the business is... We're cutting through the south end, so yeah, we'll be good, right? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Right? If we go to Sedona, that's a really high altitude, and it's going to be freezing there. Okay. But then we're also going to be in Texas on the same drive, so it's going to be a little bipolar. For some, you know, quality German engineering getting us there. Yes, that's right. The Jetta is a beautiful thing. Anyway, um, we're probably going to be making some sort of Facebook Live video situation of our travels westward. So if you want to watch me and Phil yeah. struggle to stay awake and alive as we cross the country. None of this is this is this is not a, us keeping each other accountable by announcing it now. We're, we're, we're doing keeping this. each other we're accountable. Doing we're, oh, we're doing it. We're doing it 
Um, but before we do, our last show in New York uh, is going to, our last live show is going to be at QED on January 8th at 8.30 p.m. It's going to be followed by a little goodbye party. It will include some live body painting by the amazing makeup artist Lenore Koppelman. Uh, it will include collaging with some scraps of paper that I have held on to since high school that you can all have the opportunity to collage with while you yeah. drink and... Uh, and remember things. And, uh, and I'm sure it will include drunk interruptions from our friends in the audience. That's one of my favorite, uh, favorite activities. These yeah. shows. This is a shout out to Tegan. If you're listening. Yeah. Um, anyway, so today, um, we have, uh, our, our guest, Amanda Nicastro is going to be on in just a moment. Um, but before that, a little journal entry, this is from unplugged as Phil calls it, which is the black and white composition notebook. It's a combination of... Uh, if you don't name it, it gets buried in a general graveyard. That's true. And we can't have the tomb of the unnamed journals. It, yeah, so, so unplugged. Unplugged, um, which is a combination of my private thoughts and poetry and some school assignments that I turned in with the journal. So my teachers at the time must have they got a show. had a nice show. So here is a little thing. So this is from the year... I think this is from sixth grade. So this is probably from the year 1995. The events that have happened lately have made a permanent scar in my mind. No more than five weeks ago, I saw a blaring, colorful Broadway show, Tommy. And before I had a chance to forget about that, my dance recital came about. For some, for some strange reason, I wasn't nervous at all throughout the whole performance. When I waited backstage, I kept reminding myself... This is the last time I'll be doing this dance, or hearing this music, or wearing this costume. But the painful arrows of depression never spat their venom into my heart until today. Yeah. It wasn't until today when the two shows swirled together in a giant tornado of all the anger, depression, tiredness, sadness, fear, and excitement that I had been holding inside me for a long while back. Though I wouldn't let my facial expression admit it, I was crying like a rain cloud inside. Oh. Um, I just realized reading this in that moment of, uh, oh, this will be the last time I do this and the last time I do this and the last time I do this. That's happening. It's, ha it's it, going to happen. It's what I'm trying not to do as I leave New York. Oh, but you won't be able to stop it. I will. I'm afraid your nostalgia complex will be quite operational when you plan to escape New York. <laughs> You're more like that than I am, though. I'm quite like I'm that. I'm trying to brush it off and be like, I'll be back. Whatever. This isn't the last time I'll Me be too. I'll be going to this coffee shop or this museum. There'll or be another time. There will be another time. Yeah, and then when you go in there, it'll be because it's a TD Bank and you're making a deposit or uh, cashing a check. No, sorry. Fuck TD Bank. I'm done. You're done with TD Bank? And as well as first. you all should be done with TD Bank. Uh, my account has been hacked for the fourth time uh, in three years, and someone stole money from me, and I have no money to I steal. I don't want a victim blame, but I want to know, how, why didn't you leave sooner, and, and why haven't they I'll protected you why your I account didn't leave better? Uh, TD Bank is a bank for working class people, so they don't really protect us because they don't give a shit because we don't have money. Two, uh, the minimum that you have to keep in a checking account is less for TD Bank than for all the other banks. And I, guess what, don't necessarily have that minimum that, say, Citibank or Chase or all those need. Also, TD Bank is open seven days a week and their customer service is great. But but the people that hack your account uh, suck. They're Are you open 24-7. Do you ever get that money back when they steal it? I do, but it takes them the full 10 business days at least every time. Ugh. 
Anyway, this is not a show about banks. Screw that. This is a show about the Who's Tommy and how it haunted me when I saw it. And did you have a did you ever have a live theater experience that stayed with you so much it kind of colored your whole world for weeks afterward? Or was that just mm-hmm. me? Uh, this is going to sound real snobbish. But the the theater experiences I, I had as a kid were more of the stuff I performed in because it doesn't sound snobbish. I I never really gone to a Broadway show until my junior year of high school. I'd never been to one. Really? Maybe Radio City Music Hall on Christmas. I don't know. But like my first Broadway show was Anna Get Your Gun <laughs> with Tom Wopat and Bernadette Peters. Oh, and amazing! Oh boy, that was a great show because they they updated it so it was less racist and uh, <laughs> and a little more like equal on the parts of the male and the female characters. Um, because like Bernadette Peters is somebody to compete with. So like the whole, anything you can do, I can do better. was like awesome. Oh and yeah. Tom Cause Opet, she could do anything better yeah, than anyone. I had such a crush on her still, still to this day. Uh-huh. So yeah, it was definitely burned inside my brain. And when I finally got to do Annie, get your gun, we used the old shitty script in which the, I was the more like, racist one? I was like, I'm Frank Butler and women suck and <laughs> the girl I marry should be dressed up as a doll and smell like perfume. And I'm like, this is gross, guys. Um, but yeah, it was uh, that was I guess that was probably what wow. it was a real experience for me when. But like, I guess yours was probably more movies, more movie things that like stuck with you and, and burrowed into your brain. and yeah, and. I got real sad when in in high school, whenever we did the uh, the senior benefit or which it was like the, the school musical every year, we always built a huge set piece of what the show was like the for anything goes. They built like the bow of a ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, of course, like there's always the, a ship. The second floor that we'd like dance. And and then uh, for Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, we built this pyramid that folded out to reveal other sets. It was really cool. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to move away. I was just trying to make an example. Uh, but like the day after after set strike, when there was nothing there, I would get so oh, it's devastating. sad. I know. Because it was gone. Like all those memories I know. were lost like tears and rain. But at, <laughs> yes, the tears of a rain cloud or whatever I said there. Yeah. But my high school auditorium, uh, which was where all of the best memories of my high school were, and the back, if you would, if you lay down on the ground with your feet up against the wall, against the back wall of the auditorium, like behind the last row of seats, there were these round lights along the ceiling in a row that looked like portals on a ship. And that was like my safe place and my friends too. And so if we'd be having a, a shitty day, we needed to get away from class. We were feeling too stressed out or whatever. We would go to the auditorium and it was so, it was a big quiet space and we would lie down on the ground with our feet against the wall. So it's like we were sitting on the deck of a ship and guess what guys last year, Guilford high school got torn to the ground. There is no high school. I can never go back to that auditorium. And I feel like that's a personal affront to me and my history. That sucks. Yeah. Cause like I've definitely driven by my high school with you and been like, here's where this happened. Here's that. Yeah, exactly. But like the last, the other day when we were driving around Guilford, you just showed me this like, scary futuristic structure and you're like that's your high that's my high school but it's not, not really it's not really it's the new one they built it's, they built a brand new 900 million dollar high school that i it's just you know it's depressing memories are gone you can't go home again phil i know i know well it's still like it's when i see montclair state if i had to go back for like an alumni day or something like that and i noticed that the uh a lot of the structures that i spent a lot of time with are gone or sorry um, 
sort of just remodeled or there's more construction. I, I get sad because one, that's gone. And two, I'll never know, like the more advanced building. Like I always feel like my experience at Montclair was kind of shitty administration wise because they'd never had their shit together. Um, and three, uh, I get nostalgic for the construction that was happening when I was there because now that that structure's gone, there's a whole other set of construction to inconvenience the students. So they have a totally different frame of reference for why they're being inconvenienced. <laughs> they have a whole different set of annoying memories. But there is one thing that remains, and it's these weird candy cane-shaped uh, pipes that, like, sort of a corn syrup odor emanates out of. What? Yeah, because they melt down students that, that don't pay their parking tickets. And you're saying the students smell like sugar? Uh, well, whatever it is they're making in the bottom of this haunted Indian mountain. Um, they, uh, it's like coming out of the ground, like this fog that smells like corn syrup and it never stops. I don't know where it's coming from. New Jersey is a wasteland. New Jersey. It's a wasteland, but like there's stuff underneath. I don't know what's going on there still to this day. Uh, I don't know if it's like it's built underneath it. Okay. Oh. Well, someday you should investigate that. You should, you should pick up where weird New Jersey left I'm not off. a student anymore. Can't. Can't go home again. Can't go home again. And on that note, I think that we should uh, we should talk to our our guest today, uh, who is an amazing, amazing woman. Uh, she's a writer. She's an improviser, comedian, and a delight. And she uh, donated a kidney, which is badass. And yeah. she created a show called "I'm Just Kidneying" about this experience. She's toured it around the country. We are very happy to have with us Amanda Nicastro. So we see two French doors opening onto a vista of beach with the sunset in the background. Amanda steps through the doors. Her hair is billowing. There's like teal curtains. Teal curtains, maybe a matching teal nightgown that she's in. She is clutching her hand to her heart and she's wearing a heart-shaped locket and wistfully in a reverie. Of times long past. Hello, Amanda. Hello. That was an amazing introduction. <laughs> That's how I will always see you now. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, thanks. Hi. Hi. Um, how, how do you feel about the space where you went to school? Did you have any nostalgic, like, little places where you would have your thoughts? Uh, the uh, the high school auditorium was special. I was a big drama nerd. Where did, um, where did you go to high school? I went to Northwest Cabarrus High School, home of the Trojans. Where is that? It's in Concord, North Carolina. Actually, it's in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Kannapolis? But, yeah. Kannapolis is the name of a place? Yeah. Kannapolis, North Carolina. Kannapolis. Yeah. There's also Annapolis, but then there's Kannapolis. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, it's like wedged in there between Concord and Mount Pleasant. And did you feel, uh, did you feel like you were a representative uh, student coming out of that place in no. the country? No. No. Uh, I mean, no, I guess not. I think at the time I did, <clears throat> but you know, 2020 hindsight, I only keep in touch with like maybe six people from high school and I'm on the, there's a, like a reunion page and NCHS reunion page. And, um, people just post the dumbest shit. Um, like, mm -hmm. and not everybody, some people are great, but like one person complained that we were honoring, uh, marriages and children and jobs that people were getting after like, cause the page didn't exist pre like the 10 year high school reunion. Right. And she was like, but there are people who've had 
you know, these things happen and they didn't get shout outs. And I was like, Oh was my God. During the 10 years. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's just, it's too, ah, like it's like everybody, uh, it was just, it was so not nice. Should be like an open thread for those people to just talk about themselves. That should be like their thing. Yeah. Make a thread for them to be like, I did this. I did this and, 10 years ago, yep. five years ago. <laughs> Isn't it great? <laughs> Have you been to a high school reunion? No, not yet. And they had, they just, so they had like a, a mid, like they just had one not too long ago. Uh, and it wasn't a milestone. It was because they, they like did the last one too late and then they enjoyed it. So like they did another one. So another idea somebody threw on this reunion page was that we should all take a cruise together. Oh, and no, was like, run away. That's a bad idea. Like some disappear. of us can't even do like family cruises <laughs> yeah. for a week. Why would I go on a cruise with people that I haven't seen in 10 or 15 years? And also years? that you didn't like wet back when you knew them. Yeah. Like I now. said, like the people that I liked and I had friendships with, I kept in touch with right. and they know who they are. And mm-hmm. I love them. And, um, some of them I went, I wound up going to college with, I have a lot more nostalgia about college than I do high school. So me too. Yeah. That's good. That means it's moving in the right direction. Yeah. And we were talking on the last episode about how we, we felt like maybe we peaked in high school, uh, in certain ways. Um, but that's not, that's not good. I think a lot of people do peak in high school. Some people do. Yeah. And I think those people probably still live in their hometowns. Yeah. yeah. I also think, Oh, oh sorry. Speak for yourself, guys. What? Oh. You don't. <laughs> you don't. But you don't really. You live with I me. spent weekends there. Um, it's fine. I mean, like, the, all of their entire life. And that's fine. Yeah. I don't want to, like, say that's a bad thing. No. Uh, but to some, a lot of those people are happy. They're, like, 100% happy yeah. and good for them. Um, some of us have to strive for something. Some of us can't find happiness we, anywhere, so we just keep searching and searching and searching. And trying to. Outside yeah, of ourselves. Satisfy ourselves somehow. And sometimes we are and sometimes we aren't. Yes. But it's never a definitive thing. Were you, so, okay, you're more nostalgic about college, yeah. but for younger than that, were you generally a happy kid? Were, um, yeah, I was. I, I mean, like, kid being, like, pre-sixth grade, so I had a, that, that part, super happy. And, I, at, and at home, I was super happy, but I got picked on a lot in, like, middle school and Why? stuff. My hair, my zits, the fact that I didn't wear jeans. I wore Little Mermaid t-shirts. <laughs> Wait, but did you wear Little Mermaid t-shirts and nothing on the bottom? No, like, I wore sweatpants. Like uh, that was a big thing in the sixth grade. People were like, why aren't you wearing jeans? And I was like, they're not comfortable. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> Listen, I had that conversation because my mother has always worn jeans. My mom turned out to be cooler than I thought she was. But when I was lit, when I was yeah younger than sixth grade, I didn't like jeans. I'm like, oh, they're, they're kind of hard. They don't let me move around. Like I was a leggings and big t-shirt kid. Um, and I couldn't understand. I said, I'll never wear jeans. They're not comfortable at all. And then of course... All I, I wear now is jeans, yeah. but that's mostly, I think like body issues and also yes. like they've been, they've, I think they've made jeans more comfortable since then. Well, they've they're definitely put now. way more elastin yeah. and spandex into jeans. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. But so you had allies though, no? Or were you a sort of a loner kid? Uh, I, I never thought I was a loner kid, but I think something I didn't figure out till later is that even in my little group of friends, I, you know how like every group has the person who's like the butt of all the jokes. Yeah. Uh, That was me. So like, I knew they cared about me. Um, but I don't, but I don't think they realized how much sometimes the joking hurt my feelings. So, and I never told them. Right. Cause kids don't. Cause 'cause I wasn't. Yeah. Why be vulnerable? Why be vulnerable? (laughs) Like, uh, yeah. So, 
Oh gosh, this is bringing me down. No, <laughs> no, 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 but, no. no but, it, but it's fine. <laughs> but it's fine. It's really okay. okay. It's really okay. Vulnerable. And were you an only child? No, I have a younger sister. She's the person I donated a kidney for. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, that's so sorry. Amazing. I didn't mean to call you. <laughs> maybe if you saw the show. Maybe if you saw, well, maybe if I oh, saw for some reason, I thought. I feel like you've seen, you saw the first no, I, version at Solo I did, two years I ago. I did, but for some reason, I thought it was your then, cousin. Nope. Anyway, sister, younger sister by five years. And she's every inch the introvert that I am the extrovert, which is not the way it was when we were kids. I was going to say, you used to be an introvert. I no. was the introvert, and she was the extrovert when we were little, like pre, pre-middle pre school, pre-high school. Uh, I just remember like, she was just all over the place, uh, especially like, uh, I mean, this is not necessarily introvert extrovert, uh, thing, but like when our, when we would get money for like our grandparents for mm-hmm. like birthdays or whatever, I would save my money. I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to save it up for something super special. And she'd be like, I want to spend it all. Like yeah. it was burning a hole in her pocket. Mm-hmm. And now those rolls are completely. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, so many things. And she's like, eh, I'll probably just save it. Oh, Wow. Well, so what was the, so was there a turning point thing? Cause you said pre sixth grade when you were a kid, did something happen in sixth grade where. I don't think something... it was any one thing. I mean, my, the way our I don't, I think schools are broken up differently here. Like in North Carolina, where I went to school, um, kindergarten through fifth grade was elementary school. And then you actually, we actually physically went to a different mm-hmm. location. So like, yeah. And my, I don't know, I guess that's like the way it is most. I think the, the kids, like I babysit three kids and I think their fifth grade is, their sixth grade is not, I don't know. It's, I think it's broken up differently. I'm not too sure. Yes. Um, but I went to it. I think the, the act of physically going to a different school that like no longer had a playground and, mm-hmm. um, people seem to change that summer. Like in a bad way or in a good way? Just in a neither way, like they were different. Like they cared about different things. Mm-hmm. Like girls cared about boys and like buying bras. And, mm-hmm. uh, like there was, there was just, it, it, people were different. They were, they were growing up. And I think that was just it. And I, I was kind of a late bloomer. So maybe that was why, um, you weren't ready. I was not ready. Well, no, I, I could have the- done one more year of elementary school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my. I did a sixth grade in the elementary school. Like that was how we did it over there. I just feel it's better because you're not fully developed to no. think about boys yeah. or girls no. or oh, sex or any of the, any of the stuff. Yeah, you're 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 a special case uh, <laughs> for many reasons. Uh, a head case. A head, oh no! Well, I didn't say that. Well, you true. said that. Yes, I did. No, I just think it's for development. You sort of needed that sixth year. To say goodbye. We finished elementary school after fourth grade. What? There were four elementary schools in my town that went up to fourth grade. And then they all came together for fifth and sixth, which was a completely different school. And I loved those two years. And then we all migrated together to another school for seventh and eighth. And then we all migrated to high school. So Hmm. we didn't, we had to do middle school twice. Wow. Yeah. But I was ready to, I was ready to love boys really really early i mean i i had crushes like i i had a boyfriend in kindergarten oh <laughs> what the hell was that uh it was fine i wasn't really into him uh he got me a chocolate bear for valentine's day and i was allergic to chocolate at the time oh. <laughs> wait and, are you not are you still not uh no i can have chocolate now i kind of grew out of some allergy allergies change you can get them later in life and mm-hmm. like i grew out of them so i suspect that when i'm older uh, i'll either 
those allergies will come back or I will develop new ones. That's just how I think they work. Your yeah. body builds up there are tolerances and then doesn't like things later on. But uh, yeah, and I remember a preschool teacher, she she was uh, she was a great little, she was a great preschool assistant teacher. I don't remember her name, but she was like, oh, tell him to get you flowers next year. <laughs> <laughs> she was playing along. Oh. She was, uh, she was fun. Well, that was nice that he, that he did that for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, when I was in kindergarten, I mean, I did have crushes, but also there was this kid named Michael Luton who, oh, there was one bathroom inside the kindergarten classroom, mm-hmm. like a unisex bathroom. And I guess the lock was broken. And he came and he opened the door like while I was like pulling out my pants Ugh. and he pointed and laughed at me. Ugh. And then I, I was too traumatized to go to the bathroom in school anymore. What a jerk. Yeah. Um, in the sixth grade, I think it was sixth, either the sixth grade or seventh grade, probably seventh grade. Cause I was a little more, uh, uh, like having issues by then I would take whatever book I was reading and like go sit outside and eat my lunch by myself and read Jane Eyre, um, for like the third time. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, this guy, I had, I had a crush on this new kid in school and one of his new friends who I had known for a while, like we'd gone through elementary school together, came up to me and was like, so-and-so wants you to ask him to the Sadie Hawkins dance. <gasps> and I was like, I didn't, I didn't believe him at first. I was like, I think you're lying to me. I don't think he does. Yeah. Uh, nobody likes me. Um, <laughs> like crush wise, nobody yeah. likes me. Um, and he was like, and he kept, he kept being persistent and he was like, no, 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 really. He wants to ask, he, he wants you to ask him. And eventually, cause like eventually like hope starts to blossom. You're right. like, maybe this time is different. Right. And I, and I think I said something like, really, are you sure? And he was like, no, and started laughing. But the kicker was there was a bunch of guys behind me who oh. were like watching him do this and they all started laughing. Oh. So, <laughs> oh God. Uh, but chokes on them because I think my life is better. Yeah, your life is very <laughs> awesome. I wish the listeners could see you right now with your uh, badass red glasses and your um, bleach tips. I have, and yeah, I have. It's, fun hair thing. I, I started, I, I like last December, I always wanted bangs, like half moon bangs. And I have naturally curly hair. And when you grow up with naturally curly hair, you You don't do the myth of not, I can't have bangs. Right. And I was like, that is, um, that's, I can't, I, I, I'm censoring myself. I could probably curse on this podcast. Oh yeah. yeah, I was like, that's bullshit. Um, (laughs) so I got bangs and I grew them out and then I always wanted to bleach color my hair. I don't know why this past year I'm like hair, hair, here to do list. It's great. It's great. I sort of feel like, well, the world's going to shit, so we might as well have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amanda, what, uh, what treasures did you bring to share with us? I brought a lot. I couldn't make up my, I I wanted to find this poem Mm -hmm. that I wrote in my, we had electives in high school and, uh, one of them was the reading and writing workshop. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't find this poem. I, I, cause my teacher, when she read it and she was like giving me notes, thought it was supposed to be intentionally funny and it wasn't. And so she was like laughing and complimenting me. And I had to be like, it's not supposed to be funny. Oh no. Um, and I was like, that was the start of the comedy career that I never realized that I was going to have. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I was like that too. I took myself extremely seriously, which turned out to be funny to people. I don't know. I, I pegged a couple, I didn't know it to, you know, like, I think I, I'll, I'm sorry. I'm away from the mic. Um, my journals are also named. 
Oh. This one is Monet because it has, you guys can't see it, but it's got a Monet painting on the cover. This is my first journal ever. And this is probably the one we should pull from because this is eighth grade. Oh, wait, let's hold it up so we can get a oh, picture. Oh, Yeah. So that's beautiful. Is it lined or unlined? It's lined. I prefer lined. I have some that are not. Uh, then there's Grace right here. She's... <laughs> Um, well, we can see why a, her name is Grace. A, yeah, she's an angel. That's, she's that's got Grace. wings. She's. I feel like I remember that art that was like really popular on journals a at that time. A friend gave me this one. A friend also gave me uh, Monet. At this one, I don't think has a name. I don't know. Uh, I wrote a... So the two that I thought that I might pick, the, this yes. one. Maybe we'll just go here. I, have, I found a really nice post about like what I said I wanted from romantic relationships oh yes that's always but that's good not, but this is this is something else because i just thought it'd be fun i don't know what do you what, which one do you want me to read i think read what, what what your gut says okay so this is from the eighth grade uh yeah where's the date this is march 22nd 1997 and this is in this is in monet very first uh, so, uh, I had, I had this thing called, I wanted to talk about my fears with Monet. Mm -hmm. So I made a list of my fears. Oh, beautiful. Uh, uh, and I would take music breaks. I didn't know that. So I'll, let me start here. Well, so much to write about and I'm so tired and I'm starting to feel drained music break. Well, that was great. Wait, uh, <laughs> wait, you, wait, what does that mean? You like, just stopped, would, you put on a song and you danced around. I would around. stop writing and I would listen to music. Like I would have a music break and they're like peppered throughout this winter. <laughs> Do you know what the song was or? No, but I did in this, I think it's the same um, journal entry where I tell Monet that my, well, it's the first one where my favorite radio station is 106.5 The End. And I talk about that a lot. What did they play? Alternative rock music. Yeah. Like Nirvana nice. and, you yeah. know, um. Anyway, so my, my fears, my biggest fear, not being able to love and be loved and experience being a mother. That one totally, I was like, Ooh. I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> like the love part I get, but that's, I've totally 180. Um, like I, I'm like, ah, it's okay if I never have kids. Like that's why I don't, I could not begin to tell you why eighth grade Amanda wrote that. Wow. I don't know. Um, Number two, uh, tied with biggest fear. I ranked them. They're not just like one or two or three. <laughs> this one is tied, biggest fear, and then tied with biggest fear. Being alone, beginning to feel, oh, being alone, beginning to feel drained, uh, to write, dan dance. I took another music break. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, you hard to confront. You have to dance. Halfway through, I have something about dancing, fear, and you were like, "Okay, that's enough. I can't." I couldn't. You I, got, yeah. You, you you've already used the word "drained" twice in those two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, the need in the world. I can't read my. I I I mean, no, no one to talk to, no one to know, or no one on the earth. Period. This fear goes hand in hand with the first one. So like the idea of like literally being alone on the earth and like being emotionally alone. Well, I can, it makes, makes sense, sense to me if everybody was totally ganging up on you and you would take your Jane Eyre out back and read it privately <laughs> because you, you were alone. You, take your Jane Eyre out back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a mm, euphemism? Sounds rough. Um, yeah. Sorry, continue. Uh, the th number three is medium fear. I'm afraid of the dark. It's true. I am exclamation point. Now I like twilight, dusk, dawn, and dim light and <laughs> soft darkness, but I'm afraid of pitch blackness. And I don't like the harsh sunlight or direct sunlight, sort of, especially when I'm daydreaming. 
Depends on what mood I'm in if I like lots of sun. Well, very That's particular. So very particular. I like the, the term medium fear. Medium yeah. fear. Just like these are probably they're like uh, common medium fears. Like they're not. Well, there's terrifying. red alert and then there's like orange alert. Mm, yeah, elevated. <laughs> I, I still am sort of afraid of like being in complete darkness, but I wouldn't call it a medium fear anymore. I'd <laughs> call too. it like a, ti- a tiny fear. But we don't even, I mean, I, I have to say, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to move to New York in the first place was because it, not just darkness, but like feeling like, yeah, I guess darkness and silence and feeling like I was the only person around yeah it it's uh, it's uh, it makes me feel queasy you know mm-hmm. do you Still. have issues with object permanence as a kid i don't what do you mean when you walk away from something and you think it doesn't exist anymore no no i had issues with myself deep. and object permanence like i i fear that i will walk away and i will disappear from everybody who was there but oh, that's wow. still my fear and the opposite where like if so i believe something it wouldn't be there and i would i would have to like Maybe that oh, was like the beginning of my oh, fantasy no. life. I felt like if there was only darkness around, there were no people around. Did I even exist? Did my existence matter? Wow. Wow. That's why I had to be surrounded by people. What about you, Amanda? I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, I think, well, I mean, obviously if I was afraid of being alone. Maybe I was afraid yeah. of other things yeah. not being there, but th- I didn't think about it that way. I don't know if I was that deep. Did you have a nightlight that you remember? Yes, I had a nightlight. They had many nightlights, so there wasn't like one in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are the most fun part yeah. of the dark. Yeah. I got, do you want to hear the other yeah. ones? Yes. yes. I think there's, there's three more. Yeah. Uh, uh, media, another medium fear, uh, <laughs> creatures in the dark or behind big, big objects, be they magical, mythical, imaginative hallucinations, reality linked example, lions and alligators. I'm super, I'm still super. I would say this is upgraded to a big fear. I don't like to swim in the ocean. Oh, really? I psych myself out in swimming pools. Because of creatures? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I'm afraid an alligator or a shark is going to... Or even if it's something small, like a crap, and it's going to get my toe. You don't like being yeah. startled? Uh, it's not so much being startled. It's like being uh, grabbed by teeth or sharp objects. Yes. Uh-huh. I get <laughs> Bodily it. Bodily harm. You're in a different... You're in, like, a foreign terrain in terms yes. of, like, what you can exist in. Even in my pool, in the like the backyard of my house, I still get afraid of things inside yes. of it. Really? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've always just. But you can see straight everything. to the bottom. Yeah, even could, even sure. when I could see straight, like my grandparents at one point lived in uh, Miami, mm-hmm. and they had a pool, and uh, I would swim in the pool, and they told me that one of their next door neighbors found an alligator in their oh, pool, and you're like, I'm oh, never going no. in there and again. I was that was for that at least that visit, I was done with the pool. Yeah. Uh, okay. Another, another biggest fear. So I've gone, I went medium and then I've gone back up, uh, (laughs) being in really large, deep bodies of water, example, oceans like, Oh, so this is tied to the other fear. Also anything that might live in these really large. Yeah. Anyway, I've been consistent six smaller fear, uh, in general bugs hate them. Frightened of them. Anything from spiders to large ants, everything except ladybugs and butterflies and other really pretty harmless bugs. So I was like, you were discriminatory <laughs> about your bugs. bugs. Well, that's that. I think that's all of them. <laughs> nice. If Summed I, if, up very if nicely. If I think of more, I'll write more. How has <laughs> uh, how has your 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 countdown of fears changed since uh, that time? Um, it's pretty. Consi- I'm not afraid of bugs anymore, really. I mean, cockroaches are everywhere. Can I they say. are. I feel like once you and yeah. bed bugs. <clears throat> yeah. so, I mean, I'm, I don't like them, but I don't necessarily think I'm afraid of the bugs anymore. I used to as a kid. Yeah. Um, I have to insert this little fun fact that I learned from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. 
which I don't know if you listen to. It's an NPR podcast game show about the week's news. It's an NPR podcast. It's a Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. That's not I love Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I'm just teasing it. So they do like trivia about the the previous week's news. And um, some of it is really, really obscure. And so there was this one that I guess there was a petition going around that had got a substantial number, like several thousand signatures on it to officially change the name of Fire Ants. Really? To Spicy Boys. <laughs> spicy Boys. Hi, that's funny. <laughs> Which makes fire ants so much less scary. But like, this spicy was boys. like where other things in the world are going on to try to improve our, our daily lives. There are people who are make, putting time and effort into petitioning to change fire ants but to like, Spicy Boys. That's funny to me because I was always told like fire ants are actually legitimately dangerous. Dangerous. They you. are. Like, they why are. would you want to make them sound more cuddly? When well, they could, you, I, because I always thought like if you got bit by a lot of them, you could wind up in the hospital. Yeah, absolutely. Like Daddy long legs, if he could penetrate your skin, yeah. he would hurt you actually. Like yeah. they're, they're the more they poisonous. Yeah. They don't, they don't know how or to something. I don't know. I'm they're not they're a... lacking with the, the general backbone it takes to be a real spider. Hey, <laughs> they're peaceful <think>. creatures. <laughs> if you see, if you see a daddy long legs, I've never killed it's a daddy actually long legs. a really good omen yeah. for your creativity. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I've used to let them mm-hmm. pass. Cause they're always like, they remind me of, uh, uh, something from my nerd youth. I'm not gonna even gonna talk about. It. But yeah, mm. you guys ever read the book Daddy Long Legs? No, there's a book what about is it? like a young girl who gets uh, it, it, she's sponsored by a mysterious gentleman, and then they wind up like falling in love. It's very Jane Airy, nice. but without dead or without uh, ex-wives in the attic is, or whatever. Is there a spider in it though or no? No. He's called Daddy Longlegs because he's, she sees like a shadow of him or something and he's got like long gangly arms and legs. But then it becomes a romance but, he calls, but she calls him Daddy? I don't know if she calls him Daddy <laughs> but like she's a grown up orphan. Like she's like in her, I don't know. Yeah. It is borderline not great. Probably. Borderline lowly. It's been a long time since. I probably read it right after I read Jane Eyre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, my friend Kate, who who now lives in England, uh, I don't know if she still does this, but for the longest time would collect editions of Jane Eyre. Like whenever she found an edition that she'd never seen before, she would buy it and then I would buy her some and she just had a ton of Jane Eyres. Were you in that situation as well? No, I had one well-worn copy um, and I would uh, reread it. Sometimes I'd just reread the second part, like after she's done being an orphan and she's met Mr. Rochester. So... Um. <laughs> Yeah, because that's the that's the important part. It's the exciting yeah. part. Yeah. Um. So Amanda, while you were busy being uh, emotionally destroyed by your peers, what did what were your parents doing about this? Were did they take action? Did they know about it? Were, they didn't know. I don't. I mean, I also it wasn't as bad as I. I don't think it was as bad as I remember it. It was more like, well, middle school wasn't as bad. Um, I didn't know. I didn't get bullied. That's the thing. I never felt like I was bullied. I just was unpopular. And there were several times where people would pick on me and, and but you don't count that as bullying. No, because it wasn't, I didn't have, like, I feel like bullying is, I mean, maybe it was bullying, but it wasn't a consistent from the same person or for the same reason. Like it was more like somebody would just make a random offhand comment or it'd be one incident. Like, uh, in high school one time for Valentine's day, people would bring like things that their sweetheart gave them. Mm-hmm. I brought a stuffed animal that my grandparents gave me. And I was like, I'm going to be all in this, uh, Valentine's day stuff. And then somebody was like, 
I don't know. I don't even remember what they said, but they were like, eh, like something like that's dumb or that doesn't count. <sighs> so it wasn't like one person was bullying me. It wasn't like everybody was bullying me for one specific reason consistently. It was just it's a food chain. Yeah, it was just a food yeah. chain. I was the I was one of the unpopular kids. And yeah, I never had a sustained bully myself. It was always just, yeah. well, you're not popular. We're yeah. just gonna call you a faggot. Oh, uh, well, I mean that was. Thrown around like candy. Okay. Oh, okay. I know. That was a very popular word for people Everything to use. Was yeah. in, in Everything was gay mm-hmm. in middle school. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, I didn't... I wasn't ever picked on either, but I did feel ignored. Yeah. Or, okay. or just sort of like under the radar, but I didn't want to be under the radar. I wanted, I wanted yeah. to be yeah. on top to be of the, the radar. radar. Things got better when I got cast in the school play oh, my freshman you. year of high school. So like middle school was, I was very much felt under the radar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a group of friends, but they were like, I was like the low man on the totem pole. Right. It's like, I don't, they weren't like mean to me. It was just like, you know, there's a hierarchy in there middle is. school and elementary in yep. high school that, that and maybe that's what changed when you were talking like what changed in sixth grade. I was like, oh, I came back and there was this hierarchy. It's like I forgot to get a number. Like everybody right. else was called. Like, what yeah. did I, what did I miss here? <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, I was cast when I got cast my first play, um, which also should have been a sign that I was eventually destined to do comedy. Um, it was a like a melodrama, and I was my character's name was Madame Presidente of Banana Land. <laughs> <laughs> I wore a Chiquita banana costume. Oh yes, I had a pair of maracas. And were you were you angry because you were like, this does not bespeak the no, true drama? I loved it because people because people really like I people I had one scene in the whole play, and uh and people would come up to me like your scene was my my favorite scene. Like aha, uh-huh. so you um, realized being a character actor I, was actually yeah. so the jam and had a yeah so um. That, so, but I, what I went on to be like, oh, I want to do like straight dramatic theater and, uh, like I really wanted to be Anne Frank my senior year of high school. Oh, and I who didn't? I was not cast as Anne Frank. <laughs> and that was, mm-hmm. I like cried for three days in my room and my mom would like come by and be like, I don't know what to do to make you feel better. <laughs> Nothing. Oh. My mom was really beside herself that I was so, so upset. So Who did depressed. get cast as Anne Frank? What my best friend actually. <gasps> oh. And it was my best friend at the time. And it, and it was, it was, I was not mad at her. Um, uh, in fact, I totally understood, uh, she felt really bad. Um, our teacher at the time, we had a, we had a not so nice, t- I, you ever have one of those teachers where you think they're like your best friend and then 2020 hindsight, you're like, they, oh, they were, were the really, worst. Yeah, they were, they were manipulative and they pit people against each other. Our high school, our high yep. school drama teacher was just like that. In fact, um, yeah, she, she would do things like that all the time. Like so she, and she specifically like would, she like gave me like hints that I should come to auditions for that and then didn't cast me. Oh God. Yeah. I can even understand how that could be misread, but it was later when I was in college and a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours had asked her to write a recommendation letter and I was on membership committee. So I read this letter. She tanked the student. (gasps) Like she, she was like really in the, in the supposedly recommendation (gasps) letter. She told this, like she would never recommend the student for anything. (gasps) She was like, this person is lazy and doesn't work. And I'm like, garbage. Why wouldn't you just turn to the student and say, I, c- I can't, I can't write, write your you letter. Are. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. Did like, you step in? Did you do something about I that? I did. I, I advocated on her behalf on this membership committee thing, but she did. She wound up not getting in. And I think it's because of what this letter that, that this teacher wrote when she should have like a grown up said, I can't write this that letter for you. That is such garbage. So it's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> what an evil person. I think that a lot of, a lot of, listen, I know a lot of people who are teachers who are wonderful, amazing oh, yeah. people. And I think that teachers can go one way or the other. Like either they're, they're doing it because, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, know, but they yeah. have to be more careful with the feelings that, True. that they have full control I had some over. great teachers. Me too. I used to get favoritismed so hard. Favoritismed? Favoritismed. Favoritism <laughs> in, in, in history class. There's one teacher, Mr. Rosati, and if I wrote down 80s facts in reference to what we were learning, somehow I'd get an extra point. Uh-huh. But no one else was doing it except me and my friend John. We were the only people who knew. I feel like all my, all my favorite social studies teachers were Italian. Really? Yeah. Oh, what's up with that? Hmm. I, uh, I love Italians. What can I say? Hey. Hey. How's it going? Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, anyway let's Amanda. Let's continue. Well, what do we got? No, I don't think she's reading more. Fine. But I will. I, well, I did. I mean, it's not a whole entry, but on. Let me see. Do I have a date? August. It looks like August 13th or 3rd. I think it's 3rd. Which is my husband's birthday, by the way. August 3rd, 1997. Shout out Tom Brennan. Shout out Tom Brennan. Um, on, on that day in history, I wrote, also more big news. I'm riding the bus. Three exclamation points. Isn't that so totally exciting? I can't believe my mom said yes. But I'm so glad she did. Well, not much else to tell you about. <laughs> so, but like, wait, but why was it a big deal? Weren't you riding the bus from the beginning? No, I was a car rider. My mom wouldn't let me ride the bus when I why? was in elementary school. I don't know why she, she wanted to make sure I got to school. She saw me get to school, dropped me off, made sure I was safe. Were you close to, did you live close to school or no. was school? No school. We were not close to either them in elementary school or the middle schools, but in the middle school, I was able to start riding the bus, but, and I, so I would, and that was the thing. In elementary school, it was cool to ride the bus. That's why I wanted to ride the bus. And then again, somehow in middle school, things switched and it was no longer cool to, to ride, ride the, the bus, bus especially were... in eighth grade. Yeah, because, because yeah, because people were getting rides from older siblings and from friends who were now having their learner's permits. And I was like, I, I remember being so excited to ride the bus. And then all my friends were like, oh, it's not cool to ride the bus anymore. And I was like, Ugh. ah! Just I can never it. win. Uh, like it's just a, a game of catch up yeah. for me, and I keep like missing it. Um, and but yeah, I wasn't able to ride with friends though with learners permits. That was not happening. Did you feel behind the curve on a lot of things? Oh yeah, because I feel like we have a, a remarkably similar uh, uh, learning curve to that uh, middle school high school hierarchy. Where <laughs> I just felt like my friends thought I was behind as well. So, but I was always catching up. Like. I didn't, I never got to Jenko's because by the time I thought that that was going to be a thing, some kid fell down the stairs and they banned him. But, um, <laughs> oh yeah, the I'm Jankos. sorry, that's, that's not funny, but funny. it's funny. <laughs> no, no, it's funny. They just, those, they were getting out of control with that. That was like a 30 They were big. They were, I never was into the Jenko. I never did like goth. I, I wore some like chain necklaces. Yeah, some chokers. And had some brown lipstick, I think. And that was about as far as I, when I was able to wear makeup. But like you found your footing when you discovered that you that you liked being on stage. Yes, yes. And then you found like your confidence. Yes, and and at at some point your mom kind of let go a little bit and was like, "Okay, you can be you a little bit more." Because it sounds bit. like she was super protective of you. She was super protective, and I found out later, twenty twenty hindsight, because she got picked on when she was younger. Like well, she had course. rough. She had a rough. Uh, high, high Did school, she also maybe? grow up in North Carolina? No, my parents are from Queens. 
Oh, baller. Where? Yeah, my uh, Astoria. We used to hey. live on 46 and Ditmars. Oh, my gosh. Right across from the old piano Steinway Piano Factory that's mm-hmm. now condominiums. Yep. It was yes, actually it still a factory when we lived there. I Darn. think maybe abandoned. I'm not too sure. But yeah. So my family, like when my, uh, so my, my husband's family uh, grew up uh, or is from the Upper West Side and that's where he grew up. Mm-hmm. When we got married in Concord, North Carolina, my family were the, were the ones with the thick New York accents. Right. The coffee and the walk the dog. And, Amazing. Um, his family sounds like uh, NPR radio hosts. <laughs> that, those are his words, not mine. I'm not making, that's not, I'm repeating what he says. Well, yeah. That's why it, it always surprised me when I discover like, just how deep he his roots in New York go. I'm waiting for the accent, but I don't quite hear it. He doesn't have one. He just sort of, yeah, just sort of a plain human accent. Yeah. He's got a good news anchor. Yeah. He does. Uh, Accent. He does. Tom Brennan, everybody. Tom Brennan. There's a shout out to Tom Brennan. Um, Well, Amanda, I have a little present for you. You have a present for me? Yeah. It's in my bra, so don't be alarmed. But it is from my, um, I found it in my caboodles at home. Uh, in my in my home in Guilford, Connecticut, and uh, it's, it it is very nineties. Uh, it is a homemade, a handmade <gasps> ring with a sunflower Ooh, Sculpey clay oh, bead it's on one it. Of those, yeah, and oh, little man, the Sculpey clay beads, yellow and clear seed beads. I think it's adjustable, but um, you know, sunflowers I think were really necessary in the nineties because everything was sunflowers really dark. Were a big, yeah. So, uh, things were dark. Yeah. But then we would break out the sunflowers and like, uh, hard candy nail polish. Exactly. The hard candy <sighs> nail polish. Yeah, right? Thank Spot God for Delia's, right? Oh, thank God, God for you know, it. I didn't discover Delia's until later. I was late oh. with that. Yeah. Oh, I li- <laughs> that like showed up oh. right around seventh grade at my mall and then every girl oh. shop at Delia's. Oh, oh. no. When there was no, we got the catalogs and I oh, would, yeah? I would sit on the floor and look through the catalogs and the girls would do, I mean, this was before I had an eating disorder, but I was well on my way. And the girls <laughs> had this, uh, this way of posing where they would invert, they would do this picture and toe thing on purpose and like kind of be all crunchy. Do you know what I'm talking about? I the know models exactly what you're talking about. They, yeah. Who, who took their cues from like real runway models who would sort of like cave in their chest so you could really see their collarbones Bones. and the extent of the heroin addiction. <sighs> that was the beginning. But well, anyway, I mean, some of them, some of them were, uh, had some issues. Anyway. And, uh, anyway. It was the 90s. It was Crunch. the 90s. I know. That's right. Kurt Cobain did heroin. Anyway. It, it's true. It's true. But the point is, um, I never looked like those Delia's models, even when I wore those clothes. <laughs> it's either. fine. I know. You, I have it. Like, so you're talking about it. Uh, the other thing that I marked in this journal. Um, so I've always like, as an adult me, I, I have, I don't struggle with my weight, but I feel like I am overweight and mm-hmm. I've always been like, Oh, I just need to lose like 20 pounds and I could be back to like this weight. And right now it's like more like 40 pounds mm-hmm. and I could be more like to my high school, like pre-going into college weight. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was just an adult thing. Like I knew when I was in high school and middle school, I knew that I was maybe bigger than some other girls. But I, if you'd asked me before I read this one particular entry right here, I would have been like, no, the idea of, I just need to lose 10 to 20 more pounds and I'll be perfect. That's like adult Amanda. But here in the eighth grade, mm-hmm. my first entry is, is, um, uh, I'm in the eighth grade. And if you promise not to tell anybody, Monet, I'll tell you my weight. I weigh 140 pounds. Uh, I'm afraid my mom and my doctor and my best friend who weighs 160 tell me that's not a lot, but I would still feel better if I weighed 10 pounds less. Oh, well. 
See, so like it goes way back. It goes way back. Like I like post college, I used to think that when I was like 155, 160. Mm-hmm. So I'd like, oh, just 10 pounds. It'll be great. And I was like, I, like looking back on that, I'm like, oh man, that was a perfect weight. <laughs> like, why didn't I think that? At well, time? I know. I mean, like, like I, because it's put into oh. our brains from all the outside sources. And you know, when I was in second grade, I thought that I was chubby. I wasn't. Oh, I was a, a, yeah. a perfectly adorable child. You're the, adorable right now. The media slots you into oh. certain characters. And especially if you did theater and you were not the lead or you were not the supporting, you were either the grandfather, the grandmother or the uncle or something, because for whatever reason, you didn't have the look that they were going for. But like that stays with you. Yeah. Like you're 10 pounds away from feeling ineffectual as a person because the media wants you to believe this is what this person looks like. And this is what that person looks like. And it's all bullshit. Yeah. yeah but the, the, yeah. I mean, slowly, unfortunately, but it stays surely, with you. slowly, but surely the caricatures, the, the archetypes are crumbling. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, and this is why we have to go to Hollywood, Phil and crumble the archetypes, crumble it, crumble the archetypes at ground zero of Can't archetypes. Fight city hall. But if we make our own thing, then we can be our own leads. If we make our own city hall. Yeah. I was going to say be your own city hall. <laughs> <laughs> and we will. Well, Amanda Nicastro, is there anything that you would like to say or um, plug or tell the listeners before you're out? Uh, We don't have our dates and times yet, but my writing partner, Matthew K. Sears, and I, uh, we have a sketch duo called Rotten Apple. Mm -hmm. And our show in Frigid Fringe in February is called Rotten Apple Escape to L.A.? Question mark. So it's like a sketch show all about the whole uh-huh. New York to LA exodus um, and that our friends are doing. And in part, you have inspired because well, you, you're part of a large group of people who are like, ah, peace get out of here. Yeah. Well, we will not be here in February to no, see no. it. But, but for those of you in New York, if you're here, keep a lookout for the Frigid Fringe yeah. Festival. Bunch of cool yeah. stuff going on there. Awesome. Well, Amanda Nicastro, thanks so much for Thank being you, on Amanda. my pitch seat. Thank you for having me. You're a delight. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, yeah, listeners, uh, yeah. Uh, January 8th, remember QED? I think you can get tickets for that show at uh, QEDAstoria.com. Um, it's only eight bucks in advance, and uh, we're going to have some drink and collage good times before Phil and I say sayonara. And, uh, you know, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the underscore bitch underscore seat. You can follow me at, at Phil Cassell. And you can follow me at Lissa is a person. You can go to the bitchseatpodcast.com uh, to check and out the websites. Find us on Google Play or iTunes. Treasure, we got you here. There you go. There you go. You know it, baby. Tell me your troubles and doubts. Given everything inside and out Hello, I'm Ben. As always, I'm Paul. And we're from Juicy Reviews. We have a podcast where we like to talk and review movies, maybe bring on a wacky character from that movie, and always play some games. We like some games. I actually brought a clip, Paul. Wait, you brought a clip? I brought a clip. Can I listen? Yeah. I look mad young, right? Yeah, yeah. you look young in the movie, and... Uh, I hooked up with a bunch of the young chicks at the movie. Oh, you know what? You know what? It's not illegal if you're a police officer. And, and, I believe that, And this yeah. is something I wanted to bring up since you're here. Sure. Tell us about all the hookups on set. Oh, my God. Who's Un- hooking up with who? Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, like, there's, like, these, like, Asian girls in the movie. Right. They play, I, the twins, I right? triple kissed them. 
Okay, oh. a little triple kiss. Triple that way you didn't get confused if it was Rachel or Rebecca. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, oh, whatever, and I triple kissed them. Was and was that offset or on camera, or and they got cut out maybe? Or oh, uh, I didn't do it on camera for sure. Okay. I would never because I, you know, what I mean, that's I could get in a lot of trouble for that. They, I don't, I don't know how old they are. I could never tell with them. But uh, who else? Let me see. Cecily, the girl. Yeah, I chalked. I, I chalked her. You chalked her. What, <laughs> I chalked what is, her. What is chalking? That's when you kind of forcibly kiss someone. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!